Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo number 5, providing good new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and from the uh, well-known master of predicaments himself, Max Eastman, the defining function of the blood artist is to cherish unconsciousness. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself, who has just heard about double masters. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself, who has just heard about Double Masters. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. This bit will continue until the winner is announced. The people, the, we, de- we demand it. We, 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 we will not give up. We will not go quietly into the night. We demand to know the we vote count. It was a public vote, it. and we want to know. <laughs> We're going to start off at the top of the Castle Blades and Carnage that ensued with 45 in the dash. All right, so on Saturday, I actually streamed with MTG Lexicon, uh, um, which was great. I wish I could have done a game too, but Google Fiber shipped the bed. But um, the one game I played was two and a half hours long. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> it was a grinder. Um, I was playing SRAM Mono White Vehicles um, against a Ur Dragon, uh, Dragon Tribal, obviously. Shocking. Very not crab Tribal. <laughs> definitely not Crab Tribal. Uh, it could have been Kit Kathan Tribal. Maybe there was a sub theme and I didn't see it. <laughs> Uh, and then there was a very cool Moldrotha mutate deck uh, that yeah, mutates a fairly new mechanic. And it kind of is really interesting with Moldrotha because you can, once you mutate stuff dies, it just goes to the graveyard and then you just yeah, play you just it again. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I'm curious yeah. how the mutate went. I've never seen it in EDH, so I'm curious. Yeah, well, here's the thing. We didn't get to see a whole lot of a whole lot because Maricel the Pretender was there. So if you're not familiar with the Pretender, it's a colorless uh, blue, black, and red Grixis. It's a human wizard. It's a 4-4. When he ETBs, you may exile an artifact or creature card from your hand or graveyard and put a cage counter on it. And then Maricel the Pretender has all activated abilities of all cards you own in exile with cage counters on them. You may activate each of those abilities only once each turn. So the game initially started off, you know, I was able to get a land tax, and by turn five, I had gone through, because I also kept drawing lands, I had gone through like 27 of my 34 lands in the deck. Wow. 26, yeah. Uh, my deck was getting thin, but I was still drawing some freaking lands. But there was a point where I had this massive grip, and it's like I had the uh, Angel that has landfall that if you play a plane, you can bring a permanent from your graveyard straight to the battlefield. I had the six colorless white white enchantment curse overwhelming splendor to return everyone's creatures into one or that creature or that enchanted person's creatures into one ones with no abilities Mm -hmm. and then i also had an elish norn so i bend the elish norn and the overwhelming splendor being like aha in like two turns i'll just be able to throw down the angel throw down the land and and then boom and get it back and so everyone saw that you know the pretender guy was like well i don't like that because it literally shuts off my deck i wasn't that scared of him honestly moldrotha was doing a lot more scary stuff uh than everyone else and ur dragon just kind of got mana stuck basically yeah um and so you know marisol you know took care of that you know, I wasn't able to do it. But then, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a Marisol the Pretender deck. I haven't, no. It's so oppressive. Because yeah. all you do is throw 
like normally really bad creatures with good abilities they're just overcosted you just start exiling that stuff yeah. and so he threw a bunch of blink things on Maricel so he was able to blink it during everyone's turn and yeah. get more things with cage counters he had a Neverall's disc that he could have he chose not to but he could have thrown it on Maricel activated the disc ability yeah. and then blinked it to save him because it was a slow flicker effect mm-hmm. he had another one to where he could pay a red and two colorless and untap it to deal four damage to a oh, creature sure. Um, and so, I mean, he basically just board controlled, never really advanced or did anything. And then eventually when he had like nine or 10 things exiled with cage counters, was able to win it. Sure. Um, you and know who I mean, that I, really reminds me of is that Rayami deck that I built. It's kind of a similar mechanic in, in some aspects where, like, you get all the abilities of things that are exiled. Yeah, Rayami's but, more on the keywords, which, yeah. you know, can make you a little bit more narrow. Because Maricel, it's literally just any activated ability, yeah, creature, know, artifact, yeah, it's, you it's get it. And, you know, well, what I was going to say is we banded as a table to take him out. And, and we still know. could not do it. Oh my still gosh, could not dang. do it. He ended up I, winning the game after the two and a half hour mark. I remember when Eddie first came out, I think he, I remember people saying, I think there was a few like more competitive level decks with him on it. So he was like really hot as like the one of the alternate commanders from the mm-hmm. tribal series. Sure. The pre-cons. Um, I haven't seen, I think I saw one when I was in Fort Collins. Here we are. And uh, I don't know if I've seen one since in the wild. I've never seen one in the wild, and frankly, I'd prefer not to after hearing about your two and a half hours. Yeah, it, sounds yeah, it, was, it, was, it was terrible, and just even, and you probably won't even see one. There's only 574 decks registered yeah. on EDH Rec with him as the commander. Yeah. But Jeez. I hope to get back on MTG Lexicon because I definitely, for game two, was gearing up my Xerus deck, and I was about to just go snake ham, and then snake Google ham. died. And then, and it's so, like a, 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 a dicey hot dog meat. Snake well, game. What game would you like to talk about? Well, unfortunately, I don't have a game because I was extremely busy this week, but I do have a topic I'd like to bring back and discuss. How do you all feel about opening up, because I miss it, a half-chub portion of the Discord? Because I'd like oh. to start playing some half-chub games again. Well, here's the thing. Technically, the quarantine battlegrounds can be used for half-chub games, modern uh-huh. games, legacy games. You can do any games you want in there. The thing is we still need to oh, yeah. get, do the article for half-chub for <laughs> right. the website okay. with the included GIFs. You see, you're bringing good points here. It. These are good points. I, yeah, people, I guess, so, need to know I like these. It. I, I like but, it. I'm on board. Yeah, I do want to bring Half Chub back into the whole thing. I I miss the format. I miss the quick game or quick games. Yeah, especially in light of what you were just saying about a two and a half hour fiasco. That'll never happen in Half Chub. So. <laughs> It's we and for those who are listening with their children at home, you can also refer to this as Half Dragon Flatlander. That is a completely acceptable working title. Yep, HDF. <laughs> if you yeah, want exactly. to shorten it up, I'm going with Half Chub and <laughs> Squee out. All right. Well, Big Tuck, what games do you want to talk about? I also was a little busy enjoying the beautiful weather that we had here, and then my bike broke down when I had four miles left to go on my bike ride. So that was exciting. Um, however, I do have some very important news, which I'm hoping will be currency that i'll be able to cash this sunday to talk about next week and as we all know i have not had the best luck of shipping in the history of magic (laughs) Uh, i believe you've had the worst luck in shipping. however 
get I did get a notice that my uh, 2020 pre-cons are going to be in this week and on Saturday. There so, you go. Uh, I kind of have been building and putting cards together for uh, the X spell Hydra guy. Yep. So I think mm-hmm. I'm going to try to give that a spin. Um, I don't know if I'm going to. I think we talked about this last week. I don't know if I want to unbox them yet because I don't really know which ones I want or what cards I want out of it either. Yeah. Um. So we'll kind of see that. I've also kind of been thinking about giving a run of the partners that we discussed on this show too i thought that might be kind of fun as well so interesting interesting um, yeah and uh i opened icoria and i got that um the gal where it's like what a non a non-human attacks you can reveal from the top until you get a human or something like yeah, that okay yeah and yeah. it seems like that would work really well because he's going to be getting in the red zone so often and then sure. all your support stuffs are human so um we'll see like i said i'm not i i don't know what I'm going to do with it. I hope I have time to at least run them, but or maybe I'll just run them out of the box and just see if they're fun or not. So, so if, did you get all four of them? Uh, yes, five. I I got so technically, five. technically, hear me out here. Okay. Technically, in your home, how many decks do you have right now? Uh, I know you may six. not keep they're them all. In the ma- they're in the mail. So okay, okay, they're not I here. Quite, I haven't gotten them yet. On Saturday, when they arrive, so that'll put you to fifty-one. I'll be I'll be over fifty, I guess. Of, of playable decks. <laughs> there it so. is. He did it. We, the we pack of it. 50. Who, who would have thought? So I, three of them may never get out of their packaging, but they are technically still playable. So, so are you thinking you're just going to keep them in the packaging when they get crazy over $100, sell them? Or? I don't know. I just haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Like, I had, there was a couple other decks that I wanted to build first, like Kazazon Tamar, but I got the deal on these when I could. So I yeah. was kind of pivoting. I just, I don't know. I haven't, like, really been, I've been really busy with work and other things so i haven't really thought a lot about like upgrading decks and that sort of sure. thing i just haven't had the bandwidth for it but um i know i have like a pile for that and i think the teamer spell casting turtle thing also is kind of interesting and i heard from our friend over at ultra budget brews that that's a really fun deck to play as well hmm. um so i don't know i i like i'm also kind of of the mind to like just open them and play them all once and if they suck just be like hey i open these so i'll give you 10 like i have all the cards here in a stack you know, sure. here you go. If you right. want to sell them, um, I'm not very. I'm very much not looking forward to opening them and then having to sort them because I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the middle of that right now. I've, I've only um, opened two of them yeah. on top of my Icoria booster box and my 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 table that I play on uh, when we play on Sundays and I do streams is just covered in magic cards. <laughs> it, it makes me so anxious like to look like at every it. Every other day of the week in quarantine, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So hopefully you'll be hearing soon about some precon action because I am looking forward to trying out a new deck there you go all right well that's gonna wrap up 40 life in a dash now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse what's the plane chase so we actually got a patron request from the one the only chuck the slice oh you knew it was coming you knew Uh, it was coming so he he wanted us to talk about cards that we want or think could be reprinted in Doubles Masters, the ridiculously expensive <laughs> set that's coming out. Um, so, you know, and this is honestly a way better topic because we were going to talk about Secret Layers, which, like, meh, whatever. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about the Watsy controversy, which I'm not educated enough to know yeah, anything. Like, I think with the Watsy thing, um, we I don't know enough about the competitive play to really have an opinion. Um, and also, that's like another slice of horse of Vorthos, people who follow the competitive, so you all can suck oh. it too. Baby, he's uh, hitting question, all of though, them. And, and um, before we get into these cards, I think it is crazy that I have never seen something like sell out or get so expensive so fast. 
than this guy. Um, so do we think that this is going to set a precedent that also might be followed by Commander of Legends as well? well I think it's because they're throwing so many mythics and rares into these packs. So each pack but is going to be But that's the so thing, good. Squee, is they're supposed to be doing the same thing with Commander's Legends. The 90 new legends or whatever with yeah, that, right. those are a lot of, probably yeah. going to be rares and mythics. So then um, I'd say yes, absolutely. I think the next I, I ones think, are going to be that expensive too. I think they've already made the decision of whatever direction they're going to do for Commander Legends because they probably already have sent off for printing to yeah, kind of right. start getting that stuff ramped up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I think I it will. I, I honestly do. If they're going to keep printing it like that, I think that's also think sad to see. That. Like Mystery Booster was so affordable, and like you can still. I was just looking on eBay today. You can still get boxes of Mystery Boosters for 180 bucks and stuff. So yep. it was kind of sad to be like, oh, this one's so hard to get, anyways. But anyways, that's a topic for a different time. Yep, yep. All right. So what, what we decided to each do is we each picked five cards uh, that we think or would like to see reprinted whether it's a cool card it's a cool mechanic um you know the one thing that we did obviously can't talk about reserve list stuff because that's just not going to happen get over it uh, um you know and the other thing is we try to stay away from cards for the most part that haven't been printed recently in the last year or two because uh, obviously that's way lower on this i mean obviously sure there's gonna be a forest in this they print a billion of those every year <laughs> no, we can't um, talk about swamps i don't uh, dude, been asking for this Llanowar Elves reprint my whole life. <laughs> so the first one I want to start with is a very powerful card, and I think it could see printing in this set because it has Commander, Modern, and I believe Legacy Play. So it's going to okay. kind of hit a lot of buckets. Yep. Sword of Feast and Famine. Ooh, Three ooh, color okay. list. Okay. Yeah. Creature gets plus two, plus two. Protection from black and green. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card and you untap all lands you control. Equip two. Um, its cheapest printing was in Mirrodin and Besiege, which is still its original printing. At basically, right now, it's sitting at fifty nine ninety seven. dollars yeah. uh-huh. um, I think its more recent printing is actually more expensive uh, in the, uh, the modern event deck, uh, yes. 2014 at 61 and a half. Yeah, okay. they're right in the same, right in the same thing. And then there's like the inventions, which is 167 dollars. But no, sure, I, yeah. And I, and I, I did, yeah. and when I kind of looked at mine, I didn't really consider the special yeah, printing yeah, stuff because no, that I absolutely just, doesn't count. I was just saying, like, we haven't seen it since an event deck, which they don't even do mm. anymore since 2014, right. yep. six years ago. So yeah, what do you what do you guys think about that? I think it has a lot of potential to be in there because I I you don't see the swords much. They are highly sought after, after like, mm-hmm. and I think part of the goal of what they're trying to do here is open up some of these cards to more players that can use them. Sure, maybe draw it out of a pack or that type of thing. But this card's so good in its own right. I'd love to see it. Yeah, and what I was going to say is Modern Horizons printed a couple, granted it was new swords, so maybe this is kind of a pattern to where if they're going to do every other year, it's going to be Modern Horizons, maybe that gets the new swords, and then on the off years, it's the big reprint cycle, and it's we get the old swords. And are you saying that this is double because it's got Feast and Famine? So I think well, I actually, did, you know what? Give me the credit for it. I didn't even think of that. Okay, I was, I was like, would you just pull this directly out of your keyster? Because I at least had to try to have things for the most part that were like double focused. So because I, I quote unquote tried. 
<laughs> I tried. I was gonna say, however, I can get. Can I get my first pick out of the way? Because it is the one. Sure. That, it is the one I did not do. Um, we have already seen that they have spoiled two cards that have quad and triple mana cost. So I am calling it now. We will see another reprint of Chromatic Lantern. Oh, I'm, feel, I'm feeling man. it. This one, I just got. It just got reprinted in Mystery Booster Box, which I think is. Kind of a toss-up because there's so many cards that were printed. You didn't yeah. really have a good chance of pulling that. Based on just that alone, that the two face cards they've been showing, one of them's a four, one of them's four colors, and there's three. We'll see another one of these. I checked this today. I think Chromatic Lantern's kind of sneaking up back to um, ten, close to ten dollars, maybe eight. Yeah, I think the cheapest copy is Commander 2016 at $8.40. Yeah. Yep. So it's about like this is a card that's like a complete staple. It's in huge demand. It goes so well in tons of decks. And especially if you're going to be drafting this, you're going to need ways to get that color fixing out. Um, so I'm calling it now. We will see a Chromatic Lantern. The rest of mine are all about the double. So I will <laughs> oh, buddy. priority. You know, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing a Chromatic Lantern reprint. The- <laughs> I don't know how much it would actually drop though after getting reprinted. That's the thing I'm trying to yeah, think of. True. Like like being at eight dollars and forty cents, what's it gonna drop to seven? Like and, that's and, not And to your point, this is that Mystery Boosters has been cracked and open. It was just printed in a, a normal standard set, and then this is something that would very well people will not be able to get a hold of, right? So yeah. it, it, it's not gonna be like people are gonna be going, well, maybe you are gonna be going and cracking blister packs of this like a like a crazy madman. It's going to be a lot of passes all over. But anyways, come back later, I'm calling it. So, Squee, what card do you want to talk about? All right, so in spirit of the whole thing, I'm giving you a twofer right now. Calling both of them. I think they're going to happen. We're going Anointed Procession and Parallel Lives. Both Ah. of them in the set. They're going to get reprinted. They fit the doubling season theme. They fit the double masters theme. They both haven't been printed in a long time. And they're expensive for what they do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these cards, what are they're both around the $20 mark right now. $24.99 for anointed procession. Damn it. This price spike is just killing me. What is going on here? That was like 16 bucks a couple months ago. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think both of these are heavily overpriced for what they do. I think that they need to be reprinted. They're very popular cards in the magic world. Most people know what they are. So I think everybody would welcome mm-hmm. this. I think they're both coming. Uh, and I was willing to slot my one and two on that like it. I, I also had parallel lives for the same reason it's got two things on the front of it and it double stuff so <laughs> nailed it well that's fair uh well none of mine have anything to do with double I what i try to do is i try to look at cards that are staples in the more eternal formats mm-hmm. that have crept up in price mm-hmm. so my next one has only had one printing ever and it does see, I believe, legacy play and for sure EDH play. We're talking about food chain. Ooh, Six, that's it's sitting at sixty-seven dollars right now. Um, and basically, food chain guys, you can exile a creature you control from the game, and you get to add X mana of any color to your mana pool, where X is the removed uh, or exiled creature's converted mana cost plus one, and that mana can only be spent to cast creature spells. I, I mean, this would be the perfect time yeah. because this isn't just like some normal master set. This is supposed to be a heavy, expensive set. So this is something to where if it saw a reprint, I don't think collectors or uh, the MTG finance group would get that upset because mm-hmm. sure, it'll probably go from 67 down to like 50, right. 45. Right. It's not going to tank the price because right, it's in right. such a premium product. Yeah, I, I, and, and again, like if you look at like the doubling, their version of doubling season is kind of like the beginning of life. And this is like the continuing. Oh, of the life that's kind of cool. Right. Like. 
Um, so the real question is, though, if I open one of these, am I going to be forced? Will I have no choice but to put it into Parash and finally turn that deck into the competitive monster that it's supposed Absolutely. to be? Absolutely. I think you need against, to. I think against, it's against time. my own wishes. <laughs> that deck's already a monster. It's just uh, pushing a little over the edge. Cool. Well, uh, Tuck, what's the next one you want to talk about? So Parallel Lives was on mine. Um, I want to talk about another card that I think is cool that hasn't seen a reprint in a long time. Um, we were talking about Riku of Two Reflections. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two color. This was kind of like the the premier uh, teamer commander a long time ago. So two colorless green, uh, blue, red for a two two. It's a legendary creature, human wizard. When you cast Whoa, it, thirty eight dollars. Yeah, what the right? hell? Is that crazy? Nobody uh, sell your magic cards. Keep them all. <laughs> yeah. No more trades. No more sells. Uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may play a, a blue and a red. If you do copy that spell, you may choose new cards for the copy. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, you may pay green and a blue. If you do create a token, that's a copy of that creature. Really interesting ability. Um, I think that it would. I think it, this card would really go well with both of the new teamer commanders we've seen, both from copying spells and from um, creating tokens uh, of big creatures that come out. So I think it's a really cool card. It's just, it's what I've always really been interested in, but as soon as I saw the price go above, I don't know, $10, I was like, yeah, I'm not in it, yeah, I'm not what in the it anymore. Well, so here's the only issue I have with that. I think it, obviously it fits the double theme, sure. but I don't feel like this could ever see play in modern legacy vintage this is strictly well, an EDH yeah, card yeah. It's, a, it's an EDH card for sure yeah and I, and I think Atraxa probably could see play like fringe play in, in those yeah, formats like maybe. super fringe yeah super super fringe. super fringe um and you know Kalia definitely could because I mean literally you plant her you swing you'll probably win that turn you well, know turn, turn pro- three or four all the three of these cards to your point is like they're really good they're really good when you can access them whenever you want in the command zone yep. Right. Like putting one of them in your deck, you're like, all right, it's what such are the variances chance, yeah. on that and a legacy thing? Like, oh yeah, I'm not cut a mox to put in a Riku to reflection, <laughs> right? Like, probably not going to happen. However, yeah. um, I think it's a really cool card, um, yeah. and, and I think this would be a good set to get it back in and back out into circulation. Cool. Well, uh, Squee, what's the third card you want to talk about? So, third one, and this one I also don't think will get a ton of play in your other formats outside of EDH, but I would love to see it, and I think it's pretty topical considering our podcast. It's Time Stretch. Oh, I think it should come nice. back. Yeah, and for those playing the home game, eight colorless, two blue. It's a sorcery target player. Takes two extra turns after this <laughs> one. So, you get the doubling, which I think they probably right. would like to put into this set as much as they could. Uh, and this card hasn't been printed a whole lot. Um, what is it running right now as far as price? I can't remember. 17? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right in that range where I think, you know, it's it's prohibitively expensive, but it has a good effect, so some people can run it. I don't think it should be $17, so I think it's another <laughs> one where they might want to try and just price fix it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, this card is a lot of fun to play. Two extra turns can win you the game. For sure. sure. And if you can get this off in a game, I think it's a lot of fun to see it happen, even if you're the, on the losing end of it. So I'd like uh, to see fair. it come out. I think the other thing I like about this and Food Chain on both of those is that they they can't just have all these mythic bombs, right? We can't come sure. here. Like, yeah. We're going to have 40 mythics in this set, and they're just not <laughs> telling you, right? So the fact that these are both very high-value, high-potent cards that are in the rare slot, mm-hmm. I think would also... That, these would be like... 
additional incentives to buy, right? Because if you're like, yeah, yeah. if the rare slot has like these sort of bombs that are worth a lot of money, then even those, if you get, if you don't get the mythic, the mana crypt that you want, but you sure. get like three or four of these of these high value, high powered rares, that yeah. also would make you feel really good about getting the product. Yeah, yeah no, I, that makes perfect sense. I tried to pick a lot of cards that I thought were heavily used in EDH, mm-hmm. but were a little bit too expensive for what they did, in my opinion, at least. Sure. But yeah, cool. that, that's my third one. Well, uh, my next one is one that kind of fits what you're talking there, Big Tuck. Yeah. It's a card that, honestly, its most recent printing is one of the more expensive printings of the card. Um, so if we just go back to its original printing <laughs> in Tempest, it's sitting at a cool $97. Oh Tempest! Squirrel Rack. Oh, I would love to yeah. see Squirrel okay. Rack in this. That would be so, sweet. Two colorless, and then you can pay a colorless, tap it, choose any number of cards in your hand, set those cards aside, put an equal number of cards from the top of your library into your hand, and then put the cards aside that you set aside this way on top of your library in whatever order you want. Uh, technically, its most recent printing, like I was alluding to, was the Commander Arsenals set. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I guess most recent probably Kaladesh Inventions, yeah. which is even more expensive. Uh, but then if we look at the Commander's Arsenal, you know, it's sitting at a cool $130. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, if we just go off price with Tempest, 97 bucks. Maybe it could, and granted it did spike because of everyone getting their effing uh, don't don't die COVID money. Uh, <laughs> let's spend it on magic cards. Uh, it used to sit around 60 bucks. Yep. So I think think, because obviously Wizards already kind of picked these cards probably six months to a year ago. Mm-hmm. So if, I, I think a $60 card is probably that perfect sweet spot, once yeah. again, in this kind of set. We're like, you know what? Maybe we will put this in here. Like, Food Chain was $40-ish before everyone got their COVID money. So I think these kind of, like you said, where if you don't get the bomb, mythic, mana crypt, if you get a scroll rack and a food chain oh, and you know, a, a grip of other really good cards, you'd be happy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, you can't get this, you can't get this one in gold bordered if you are on a budget and i do have uh, one of course you can well. <laughs> big tuck of course you do lord uh, all right well tuck what is your last one i have so i have two more uh, yeah two i'm more. one ahead two of more. y'all yeah so i think this this is another card that's starting to creep up in price um it's one that i don't it doesn't i don't think it sees any it might see like whatever historic play but what better card um would fit a double uh, theme set than our boy the Panharmonicon, our favorite, oh, our yeah. favorite instrument. <laughs> so, four colorless artifact. If an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of another permanent, you control the trigger. That ability triggers another time. Um, out of Kaladesh, it's now ten dollars at a rare, yep. um, which is way more than I've seen it at. I'm sure if you go on TCG Player, it's probably even more than that. Uh, it seems like again, if we're going, if we are going like the doubling season parallel lives. If you're able to trigger those abilities off the Panharmonicon in that set, that could be really cool. And again, if we're like I said, I'm trying to play the double. I'm going double down on the double effects. Wow, this I is, love this it. Is the, this is the premier card for it. So I love that I it's on theme. It fits. I, yeah, it's useful in a lot of different kind of decks. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. Yeah. So here, here's something. I have a question though. Both of you guys have picked cards from Kaladesh. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kaladesh happened long enough ago that now it's kind of in that reprint cycle, or, or are you guys just thinking that these would be cool cards? I'm, I'm kind of curious on that. Like, when, yeah. how many years need to go by before we do a reprint of these types of cards? That's a really. Yeah. But they, so what's weird with that is like they did reprints of sets within like the last six months in Mystery Booster. 
Yeah, right? they like, well, but mystery booster you can't count. And we're, not, and we're not counting yeah. that, right? Because there's a gazillion in there. So I don't think it's time where we're gonna see like whole cloth of these being cut out. But like there are cards from these sets that are like really stand out, like Anointed Procession, right. a few other ones, like the cards that we pretty much talked about now. Where you know, I. I don't think it's too early. I, we probably won't see tons of them, right? But okay. who's to say, right? Like we've seen, we've seen two cards previewed from Commander product, right? And then one, and then two cards that, one card that's only been printed twice, uh-huh. and then another card that's only been printed twice as well, I think, in Master Set. But I'm trying to so dark. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Mana Crypt was printed in the last master set as well, not Mystery Booster, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, so I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering if this is just going to be the tone now where it's like, the we're going to have, like, and has Blightsteel been printed in one of those as well? Was it in Ultimate Masters or anything? I don't think so. I can't, I can't, rem- I can't remember. Um, nope, it is purely Mirrored and Besieged Once. and now Double Masters. Right. right. So, like, it might, this might be, like, setting the tone of, like, hey, these super high-end premier cards, this is <clears> the thing <throat> that we're going to be printing every two years. Right, like yeah. getting a mana crypt every, getting an option to get a mana crypt every two years, getting an option, and then from there they can they can slot in these other cards depending on what theme they want to go with, right? Yeah, so I think your big one ones like your mana crypts. Yeah, two years is fair. I think for cards like these that are kind of fringe heavy hitters, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of people use them. Maybe like a three to five year kind of cycle. So yeah, yeah. I could see that because Caldash was what 2016, 2017. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's about time to start hitting some of those, or at least if they're brand new cards from that set Mm. and they haven't been printed before that, where you have access to other types of sets. Uh, Yeah, I think I think three to five years is pretty fair nowadays for a reprint, especially with EDH really ramping up as one of their premium formats. Sure. Um, I think they're going to support that more. And I think that's I think that's a great point as well. Um, Last on that. Parallel Lives, if and to your point, Mr. Combo, Parallel Lives probably has a higher chance of being reprinted because it came out in Innistrad, which was much Forever longer ago. ago than Amonkhet, right? right. So yeah. it wouldn't be surprising to me that if they if we saw Parallel Lives but not Anointed Procession for that exact reason, which yeah. I think is a great yeah. point. All right, well, Squee, uh, what's your last card? Second to last. Second to last. I'm way off on these numbers. You guys <laughs> doing your old double thing completely <laughs> effed me. All right, what are you doing? All right, so next card I wanted to talk about is uh, the most expensive one, and it was recently reprinted. Not too recently. I think it was three or four years ago, but I think it should come back again because it's expensive and it's a great card. I'd like to see more. Well, I'd hate to see it on the other end, but it's Mana Drain. Um, <laughs> I actually looked at that. That's yeah, interesting I, you I talk about that. I think this would be a good card to fit into this set because it's one of those prohibitively yeah. expensive ones that fits yeah. in every blue deck that you'd love to have. And like I was saying just a minute ago, I think they're going to start promoting EDH a little bit or catering to it, as we've already seen well, with this year's Mana Drain has nothing to do with EDH. That, yeah. that sees play across so many formats. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. It, it, it hits all the formats. Yeah. yeah, to me, um, it's something that's kind of prohibitive to be able to play in, in EDH because mm-hmm. you have to spend so much money on so many different decks and so many different cards that I would like to see it. And I think it would be a fun one just to reprint. And they could do so much cool things with that artwork on it. Like if yeah. they do some of those cool reprints on the artwork, I'd love to see that too. Because the Mana Drain is such a like classic card in Magic: The Gathering. How, how are there cards like Serendipity Freak that are on the reserved list, and this isn't? Like, right? it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they must have just known they were going to reprint it and for the rest of the game. Pulling out a hat. Or their butt. Yeah, well, uh, my second to last one is one that I think they're going to do because of Tuck. You made a great point. They've 
showcase some cards that are three plus colors. Mm -hmm. And Pioneer is now this big thing. And this card spiked because of Pioneer, Mana Confluence. Oh, okay. I think you yeah. guys could see a new printing. Uh, so, guys, this is just a land. Uh, you could tap it to pay a life and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Basically, pre-Pioneer, this thing was sitting around nine-ish dollars, mm -hmm. and now it's uh, well over all, twenty-five. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So when Pioneer first came out, it spiked to almost forty. Yep. Um, and then it's kind of leveled out now at twenty-four ninety-nine. And I think they want to push Pioneer. Yeah. And yeah. this card being legal in pioneer it makes sense to hey pioneer folk try to buy one of these boxes to draft or attend the draft events because right. you'll actually get stuff you can play with because normally these kind of weird fringe formats like it's not modern so they can't go back all the way uh -huh. i think they can go back to what zen uh can't uh tarkir i think right tarkir without the, the fresh lands uh Yes. So then go back to the block of Tarkir without Fetchland. So it's still like a master set wouldn't really appear appeal to that crowd. Mm -hmm. right. But if it's like, hey, I can attend a draft event for $15 and maybe pull a man con mana confluence, yeah. that's worth it to me because I need four of them for my deck. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people wanted to see a version of this printed in the Return to Theros or Theros Beyond Death or whatever. Yeah. We got nothing even close. Um, so I would that would be awesome and again and like and again I, I think I think this is also a great pick Mr. Combo because this again is like another rare slot where if I open this in a rare pack I'm not gonna be like oh this is a complete waste it's like this yep. is a, this is awesome like I'm so happy just to have another one of these right yep. yeah 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 hundred percent it's a great it's I a think great this pull. is good I'm glad you picked a land too because I. There's been a lot of talk in this set, I think, about what lands are going to be coming out. And <clears throat> this would be a great one-off land to have. It's across-the-board useful. Well, well guys, yeah. I, I don't know. I actually got a little plug on these land situations. I've been heard there's going to be some planes coming out. So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, Tuck, what's your last one? All right, so I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. Um, I think that in the rare slots, we're going to see all of the reflection cards. So... Boot oh, reflection, okay. mana reflection, rage reflection, thought reflection, and most importantly, wound reflection. So again, these all fall into that same thing. Like wound reflection, for example, is like over twenty dollars right now. Um, yep. I think thought reflection is a buck. Uh, mana reflection is expensive. So this is like another. I think these and they're all yeah. Rare, mana right? reflection is forty bucks. Yeah, they're they're all rare. They've all only been printed a smattering of times, and some of them only once. Um, it fits the theme. EDH players are going to eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't know if it's, I'm guessing it's not played anywhere else besides EDH. Um, but again, these will be like, even, even for non-EDH players, these are cards that for the most part are sought after the red and white ones as usual, aren't quite as exciting, um, uh, to no one's, to no one's surprise, but this would be a great <laughs> thing to open. Like if you're, you know, whatever player and you open a mana reflection in the rare slot, at least that's another card that, you know, sure. someone in EDH will trade you for or whatever credit you want from there. So I think it fits a theme. Um, it's got the double natures on there. So I'm thinking we're going to be seeing some reflection. I think you may be correct there, sir. Cool. Hey. Well, Squee, what's your, what's your last one? All right. Last one is also topical since we brought it up on the last couple of news and brews and builds casts is Worldly Tutor. Oh Why is this card $50 now? This has got to stop. It was Please way more than this that. End of the madness. This is an uncommon one green. Search your library for a creature card and reveal that card. Shuffle your library, then put that card on top of it. Yeah, pretty good. It's an instant, <laughs> so you can run it at the end of the other person's turn. But, I mean, for 50 bucks, it's crazy. It is a useful card across green, and, you know, I, I 
you don't see a lot of these tutors get reprinted, and I think it may be time to see some of that coming back out. Um, but I was mostly just pissed off at how expensive this thing got really fast, <laughs> right before I was about to buy one, so I had to talk uh, about it. And I think you have a good point. Um, all of the other tutors, and Light Tutor, uh, except for like the weird ones like Cruel Tutor and like the other weird like ones from... Uh, Portal and those things uh-huh. are super expensive, but like Vampiric Tutor, uh, Mystical Tutor, Enlightened Tutor, Demonic Tutor, um, and Gamble, my favorite tutor, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, they've all been printed recently at least once more than their original printing, sometimes more. And this one still hasn't been printed since it was an uncommon in six edition. So yeah, I'd be, I think it'd be awesome. They will not, re- they will reprint this at rare. They will not reprint this at uncommon. I hope they put it at uncommon. <laughs> so um, I, well, you can keep on dreaming. So yeah, I, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, and actually that kind of ties into my last one because I actually do think Vampiric is on the block to be reprinted. Uh It hasn't been printed uh, since 2016. Wow. So it's been over four years by the time this new set comes out. Um, It's sitting in paper at $105. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and so I think think if they went ahead and did the Worldly Tutor, uh, if they wanted to do the Tutor sets, if you will, one of each of all the instant variety, I think that would actually make sense. That that would be good because I think that would somewhat kind of probably help push this product now granted like you said they're not going to have that at uncommon it's going to get bumped <laughs> to rare or even mythic like yeah. vampiric tutor sitting at mythic yeah it and that's where i think it'll kind of get complicated because you can't have just 50 mythics in the set or 100 right. mythics um then then the mythic just gets devalued yeah right. um but i did i did have an honorable mention i i Ooh, think okay. Ultimate Masters was so amazing last year. I mean, it's only been a year. And think about it. It's only been a little oh, over a year. Also, didn't they say Ultimate Masters? They're like, we're done with Masters. We're going to do <laughs> yeah. it again. And then literally two years later, they're like, guess there what? Guess, guess what, idiots? You fell for that one, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. Because, I mean, it literally... It's, it's been... Four, 16 months since Ultimate <laughs> Masters came out. Um, but I do think that there's a couple cards that could see printing because it can help push this set. I think Cavern of Souls and or Demonic Tutor oh, could sure. be two that, yeah. that could get printing because Demonic Tutor gets played in Legacy, gets yep. played in EDH. Yep. I don't know about Vintage. Cavern of Souls, I think it's played in Modern. Um, yes, it does, yeah. Yep, and that gets played in EDH, and then I'm sure if there's some tribal deck in Legacy or Vintage, you would absolutely have a Cavern of Souls. doesn't make sense why you wouldn't. Yep. Um, So I I think those are two that could be the fringe. Even though it's been in the last year and a half, they're so... I think it's just because Ultimate Masters did so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that set sold out everywhere. No one could get their hands on it. I think, and and two of these two cards are part of that reason, and so I think these could be, even though it's been in the... Basically, by the time this launches, it'll have been a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's not a very big gap in printings, but they're just such big key cards yeah. that I, I, this could be an opportunity. And, and again, to your point, Demonic Tutor will probably, if it does get printed, is going to be another rare that people are going to be yep. ecstatic to see, right? Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that that's definitely that would definitely be on the, on the case there. Uh, this did bring right. up a point I want to chat about real quick just to talk about this 
price bike we've been on for a while. So all the prices you guys have been saying have been probably what cards are selling for. I've been looking at the actual market price on TCG Player. So for Vampiric Tutor, for example, it lists the market price at $77.10. But then the cheapest card you can buy is a damaged version of it from 6th edition for 95 So I think the price spike is even ahead of the marketplace. So they don't even have a ramp to see where it's going to. <laughs> it's nuts. Well, I think this was a lot of fun, um, and I would definitely communicate to the collective. Uh, hashtag MTG Action 4 News on Twitter. Uh, give us show topics for, for yeah. these segments. You know, if we don't have a set to talk about, you know, we'd love to, to have your ideas. It definitely makes it easier on us to not have to create do new our stuff. Job for us, please. Uh, I interrupt this broadcast to announce the winner of the May giveaway. It is at S. Gannon. You have won a Mystery Commander 2020 deck. You'll also be getting CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. Congratulations. Make sure you reach out to at CMD Tower or at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. They will get you your goods. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, squeeze dives into those creative juices with the weather Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. Today we are talking, um, I guess, goblins? Kind of. Uh, we're oh, talking Lizolda the Blood Witch. So, one colorless, black, red, legendary creature, human cleric. For two colors, oh, sacrifice yeah. a creature. Lizolda the Blood Witch deals two damage to target creature or player. If the sacrifice creature was red, deal two damage to target creature or player. Draw a card if the sacrifice creature was black. Uh, this has a lot of potential to it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, this one, you can... So my idea for this deck is to run a bit of a goblin sub-theme. I'm only talking red today, but you can use oh. a lot of black cards in here that would be fun to draw cards with and make some black creature tokens. Maybe vampires would be a good fit in here. Sure. Um, but I would like to put a bunch of creature tokens out there onto the board, and then you could use those as their own self-containing engine to start sacking out just... <laughs> Draining either the player or the mm -hmm. creature. I like that it's target player or creature where you have an option yeah. where you're not stuck on one or the other. Would that be errated to any target now? It is. Ooh. So now you can hit planeswalkers. Now we're talking. All right, it's just getting better and better. Okay, so first card I wanted to talk about is the most boring of the bunch, but it's kind of setting the stage here. So it's a Hortling Outburst. Yeah! One colorless, two red, sorcery, create three, one, one red goblin creature tokens. Very simple. It's an uncommon. This is really just as a grain. You're trying to get this thing onto the board. You're trying to dump tokens out there so you can start working with your commander. Because the commander, being a three-costed commander, you're going to need some stuff that's pretty quick to get stuff onto the yeah. board. Because mm -hmm. you want to start Agreed. using this as soon as he gets out there. Um, so getting any sort of semblance of a, a creature base, and if you're running other small vampires and goblins, you can keep dumping those out as you go. Uh, but I think this is a great fit in this deck. I love it. No, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, with her, like you said, with it being a three cost, you really do need to get as many of your little token things as possible. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in, in the Rakdos colors, most of the time, the way that you draw cards or do some damage is you have to do it as well. It's a very much, I punish you, you I'm going to punish myself as right. well right. Uh, to do it. So, you know, with her effect, kind of just doing the punish on one side, yeah, you sacrifice a creature, but if you just have a bunch of 1-1 one -one goblins, you don't yeah. really care. Exactly. You do that left and right. And you can get her down early enough to where pretty interesting you can start picking off uh, mana dorks yeah you're not gonna ramp i'm gonna keep everyone on the same level that i am and uh you know kind of use it as a utility thing so no uh, i think that's a great pick yeah awesome pick 
Great start, yeah, this Sweet. one. It also gets out really fast too. So my idea for this card too is if you can start sacking out as soon as, and I've done this to you, Mister Combo, a few times. I remember you hated it. As soon as the commander hits the board, burn them. <laughs> Don't yeah. let any player get their commander onto the board, and it will shut down the whole oh, thing. Nobody so else will have any fun, but. <laughs> All it's right. a wonderful way to go about it. Okay, so the next card I wanted to talk about is really where this is feeding into, and this is the card that got me the most excited about this. So it's Goblin Warrens. Uh, two colorless, a red. It's an enchantment. It's a rare. Two colorless Ooh. and a red. Sacrifice two goblins. Put three 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens into play. <laughs> wow! So That's you can just great. use this as almost a never-ending engine. As much mana as you can produce, you can create that many tokens. So, I mean... This card, to me, feeds into this deck better than anything right. else I probably would ever find. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you get, say, in a, a dream hand, you get a hortling outburst, and then you get a Goblin Warrens, then you are Ultimate already set yeah. oh, yeah, Of course. I hate, I hate to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you, hate, you, hate, you hate to see it, but it makes way too much sense. Yep. Now, this card I'd never heard of before. I was actually excited that I'd never really seen one that allows you to just kind of gain tokens it's a really odd card that's only specific to goblins so i see why people sure. run it very often but in this deck i thought it'd be kind of fun i also yeah. the, the art of it is like a bunch of goblin children and in the foreground some guys just biting another person's arm <laughs> like, yes. yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's a weird looking artwork i haven't actually that's one of the now that you mention it that lady holding the baby in the background of that picture really creeps me out. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird things. There's a lot to unpack <laughs> in that artwork. So tell me something else to look up before I lose myself. Not a problem. All right, so we're gonna move on. Uh, we're talking Pashalik Mons, and that's P A S H A L I K. Uh, two colors and a red. Legendary Goblin Warrior. When Pashalik Mons or another Goblin you control dies, Pashalik Mons deals one damage to any target. And then three colorless and a red sacrifice a Goblin. Create two one one red cre Goblin creature tokens. So it's another effect just like that. Keeps into the cycle. And every time one of your Goblins dies, and you're dealing more damage to those targets. This card really feeds the deck in a I don't know like almost like a supercar manner, if I were to put it into yeah. a, a, a version of what burning people out and creating more things to burn them out with is, I think it's perfect. Yeah, I like it. I'm, yeah. I'm on board with this kind of like sneaking in. And there's like, funnily enough, as a friend of the cast, uh, Duffman would tell you, there's actually a lot of support for black and red goblins. So mm -hmm. from his War Raid Mother deck. So why oh, not? Let's go. Yeah, I hate that deck too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, like, a lot of these cards we're talking about are all, like, a buck or two. So, I mean, this seems like it's something that can be built out pretty budget-friendly. pretty budget friendly. Mm -hmm. And you can throw yeah. in things like Theater of Horrors instead of your, uh, <laughs> your uh, Frixian Arenas of the world. Yeah. Um, and I know for those playing the home game, I'm ignoring all the black cards that could go into this. But that's going to be your engine drawing or draw card engine. And then the other big thing is this. If you have a black and red combo creature, so if you, say, get a, a black and red goblin... You're you're doubling gas up that effects. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're really using this commander for a lot of gas. At 150 decks, I was a little confused actually at you know why people aren't really running these. There's just way game. better Rakdos decks yeah. out there. Yeah, um, I guess the the big I've seen this played on some YouTube channels, and the big complaint I've seen with this is like it's a you have to it's a paid ability. It's not a free stack outlet. So right. Yeah. Some yeah. people think that you can't really get the value out of it, but if you have an Ashnalds out there and something like this where you're getting that generation, you can just pay mm -hmm. one, and then the, that goes immediately into that 
to go off from there. So, um, anyways. And so I, I think a sub theme that anyone looking to build this deck should do is find ways uh, to give uh, Lysolda uh, Death Touch. Because Ooh, then yeah, you're yeah. basically paying two mana and then you're just kind of target removing whatever sure. you want. Yeah. Because, you know, the one thing with EDH is A, she has a 3 1, so Lightning Bolt range. Yeah. Um, those full ones that just come out. <laughs> you know, uh, Squee made, made the comment, you know, hey, you know, you play the commander, you snipe them, you get them out. The, the really early game commanders are the ones that are usually power or toughness two or less. Yep. Once you get past like turn four, five, six, somewhere in there, then you're getting into the little bit bigger guys. And a lot of them are usually going to be three, four, five toughness. Yep. And so it's like, does it really feel good to pay four mana, sack two creatures to get rid of one of those? Right. Not really. But if you have death touch on her, then it still yeah. doesn't matter. And then you can kind of be the king maker even though you want to win the game it could be like hey i'll let you play your commander if you do this for me oh, and i yeah. won't snipe it the politics um, of this card so it gives you amazing. a lot of power yeah. yeah i love the politics of this because you just hold that out there in the open and everybody goes oh please 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 sir don't hit me okay so the last one i wanted to talk about is a big boy in the uh mana regards not so much as a creature he's a decent size but uh chancellor of the forge so yeah. colorless three red creature giant it's a rare you may reveal this card from your opening hand if you do at the beginning of the first upkeep put a one one red goblin creature token with haste onto the battlefield when chancellor of the forge enters the battlefield put x one one red goblin creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield where x is the number of creatures you control it's a five five so this to me is the perfect stupidly expensive mana costed card because if you get it in your first hand it still works yeah you're gonna have to eat on it for like seven turns but it's gonna work for you on the first hand it's helping you get your ramp out and then if you draw it late game it's not a feel bad kind of card either because you're getting a big creature and you're getting more goblins to fuel your fire um so i thought this card was fun it's it's kind of on the fringe for me whether Mm -hmm. it would work or not i'd have to put it in there and just see how it plays out in the game but i thought it'd be an interesting one to talk about you know i always like to do a little bit of an odd one on the last card yeah, I like it. Um, and uh, this also this also might be the deck that you'd want your Panharmonicon that we just potentially talked hey. about that you open out with Double Masters to come in for these token for all these uh, token effects. Um, or uh, I guess there's no red or black doubler there, so I will shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I think I think this is a great pick. I mean, this is one, um, you know, so, sometimes, you know, we, we do a weather light and it's like, oh, we've seen that guy. It's just mm-hmm. the way EDH rec does their data. Right. It, kind of clear stuff out after two years. I guarantee you at no point in time has Lysolda been a top <laughs> commander. Uh, so this is a true gym weather Lys- light. Lysola good, was good trading. job. Lys- the joke's on us five years ago, Lysolda was trading for like 40 months. <laughs> oh, I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, boys, it is getting, uh, getting to be tough sledding down there at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> we're on episode 38 now, and, well, you know, there's well, only doing, so many commanders that were. You're doing you're doing a great job. Well, well, here's what here's what Squeeze and have to start doing. They're going to start picking partner commanders, but only one <laughs> of the partners. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> this is played in zero percent of decks. He's like, oh, oh my gosh. Unfortunately, I got to pivot to tiny leaders. So we're talking about tiny leaders from here on out. Uh, who's the partner with Paco? 
Oh, just the guy to let you cast spells. Yeah, <laughs> just, just have him be it <laughs> as a commander without Paco. <laughs> Next week on the Weatherlight Report. Yeah. Uh, How can man. you build this deck to work? Turns out uh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I had on this one. Until next week, I'm going to kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mission Combo and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. Also, another way to support your news team is head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower with reward tiers for all the budgets. There is a way that you... The Collective can help. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with your news team at cmdtower, at Mr. Combo number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, 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 oh,